You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Today, we're looking at the continuing story of Jonah. Does God have your attention? Does God have your attention? That's a good question to ask, because he certainly got Jonah's. Today, on Words of Encouragement. Well, we're continuing to look uh, this morning at uh, Jonah. Last week we began our uh, we began looking uh, at Jonah, and, and I love this book. There's so many lessons uh, in this story of this one man from which we can learn. I believe God has a lot to teach us uh, from the book of Jonah. Last week, we discovered that he was the only prophet recorded in the Bible to have said no to God, to no to God's command. He got on a boat, headed to Tarshish, way away from Nineveh, where God had sent him. And I wonder what happens next. Let's look together this morning. If you are able and willing, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God? Jonah chapter 1 Looking at verse 4, and then, of course, we'll look through some other verses following. The Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. May God bless the reading of His Word. You may be seated. Now, what's happening here? Notice it said God hurled. The Lord hurled a great wind. God is getting Jonah's attention here. God gets Jonah's attention. Notice he hurled a great wind. He sent out a great wind on the sea and caused a great storm, a tempest on the sea. This is an intentional, notice this, this is an intentional act by God himself. This is one of the big storms that frightened even the seasoned sailors. I mean, they, this is the one that they talk about. Oh, if it gets really bad, you know, we don't like those bad ones, but if, this, if it ever gets really bad, it's going to be scary. Well, this is one of those storms. God uses it to get their attention, and He uses it to get the attention of Jonah. We'll see more about that later. But look at the first part of verse 5. Then the sailors became afraid, and every man cried to his God, and they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. So what's happening there? Boy, they, they were scared. They were afraid, as I and you probably would be. And, and, and then it says they cried out to their God. Every man cried to his God. And then they, got, they started thinking, what can we do to help here in this situation? So let's throw some of this cargo, which is in the ship, to lighten the ship. And maybe this will help us as far as not, you know, rocking too far to the left or to the right. Or, and if I had the, the, the right, uh, you, you know I'm not a sailor. I would use the other, the correct terms there. <laughs> but there it is. This, this is, so, so what happens here? God's plan works. He gets their attention. 
I mean, this is going to get someone's attention. If, if a storm comes like this, I mean, they're going to be awake. It's going to have their attention. The sailors become afraid. Their ship is about to break up and their lives are in danger. They did all that they could do. They cry out to their gods. They lighten the load. They, they do all they can to try to save themselves, just as I believe you and I would do if we were in a similar situation. Oh, my goodness, what do we do? What do we do? Help us. Crying out to his, each one of their, you know, they each cried out to their God. Where is Jonah in all of this? Where is Jonah in all of this that's taking place? Look at the last part of verse 5. But Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship, laying down and fallen sound asleep. Wow. So Jonah's sleeping in all of this. Now, how many of you have woken up after a storm at night and thought, oh, it rained? You slept right through. How many of you have done that? Some people have done some. Oh, did it rain? Was it going to be bad weather? I didn't even know. Did it, I didn't even know it rained. Where did all this come from? It is, it is possible to sleep through a big storm and not have a clue. So this is, but when you look at Jonah, when I look at Jonah, I look and think, well, now this is a prophet of God. My goodness, what he's doing. What is he doing here? What is he doing? He's asleep during all of this. He's, he's, he's one called by God. You would think he would kind of be on top of things and kind of be watching and reassuring some sailors, hey, it's going to be okay. Somehow this is going to work out because he's a prophet. But Jonah had done something wrong don't Jonah had sinned against God. Jonah had said no to God's command. He was on the run from God's presence. He didn't really want to be under the influence of God, didn't want to be near God. So he's gone on this boat and he's thinking, uh. Jonah had become very tired. How does one sleep in the middle of a huge life-threatening storm? The King James states that he was fast asleep. The New American states that Jonah had lain down and fallen sound asleep. The words in the Hebrew that were translated into our English for us mean to be in heavy sleep. So there you go. Jonah's wiped out. He's exhausted. You know, it's tough work running from God. It's tough work running from God. You know, you gotta, you, you've got to keep everything in perspective. You've got to decide, okay, no way, okay, look, okay. Think about this. If you were running, if God had called on you to do something and you were running from Him, who do you not want to be near? You don't want to be near someone who's near to God, do you? Because they just might have an inkling. God may be communicating with them in a way that helps them to know that you've messed up. And so one of the things you do is you avoid people who may be close to God because, hey, then I might have to face what I have done. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, my, please let me not have to face what I have done, face the consequences for my sin. Please let me not have to do that. So we will get as far away from the people of God that we can. Any kind of contact with God that we may have, we're, we're just going to cut that off. We're going to cut off communication there because, oh my, it makes us feel uncomfortable. And we might have to face what we've done. Oh, that's kind of scary there. 
Well, he's, he's very tired from all this running. He is wiped out. Now, what about the sailors? Well, they're getting nervous. They're, they're, getting, they're getting panicky here. They've cried out to their gods. Nothing has happened yet. The captain, the shipmaster, decides Jonah needs to do the same for crying out loud. If we're all going to be on our knees crying out to God, trying to do something about the situation we're in, then everybody's got to participate. <laughs> everybody's got to participate. So Jonah, boy, you come on. Cry out to your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us and we will not perish, the captain tells him. Everybody needs to participate in this. We're all in, excuse me, this boat together. I mean, look, this is not looking good. And everybody needs to be doing something about the situation we're in. Now, boy, couldn't we apply that in many different ways today in 2020? Couldn't we apply biblical principles here in today's world? Cry out to your God. Cry out to God. Everybody needs to be crying out to the Lord for help. Now, listen, God may not use a storm to get your attention. Now, lately we've had some storms. I mean, physical storms with rain and uh, wind and all of that. He may not use a physical storm to get your attention. It may be a mental storm. It may be a different kind of storm, a situation, a relationship that he uses to get your attention. But listen, if God is trying to get your attention... If he wants to use you, let me tell you, the best response that you can give to God is a very hearty and willing yes. Yes. Be like the prophets of old. When they were called upon, they said yes. Don't be like Jonah. Don't delay the time that God has to, that He wants to spend with you. This is, a, this is a very pivotal and important moment in history, and God wants to use Jonah, and Jonah has said, You know what? No, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a part of this. But if God wants to use you, would you say yes? Just simply say yes. Does God need to get your attention? Or will you be willing to do what he's calling you to do? Does he need to get your attention? Oh, look, I'm, I, look, any fingers I point to you, I point to me too. Because, boy, that's scary. Does he need to get our attention? Does he need to allow something or cause something to happen in our lives to where we wake up and say, Oh, my goodness, wow, God, you're right. Or, at, or are we at a point where we can say, you know what, you're always right, God. And I know if you're calling on me to do something for you, it's going to work out the way you want it to. So let's get after it. Let's do what you're calling me to do. Notice, let's do it. God is with you. The second thing that we see in this passage is that Jonah's sin touches those around him. These sailors were determined to find out whose fault this storm was. 
They, they figured somebody, somebody done messed up. <laughs> somebody has done something which has caused this to happen to us, and we got to find out who messed up. we got to find out who it was that messed up, who brought this storm upon them. Notice this one man's disobedience touched others. Oh, my life doesn't make a difference, Brother Craig. What I do in private doesn't affect other people. What I do when I'm not at church really doesn't matter. It doesn't affect people around me. It doesn't touch other lives. Really. Really. I want you to write this name down. A A C. H-A-N, Achan, Achan. I want you to look up the sin of Achan. And I may have misspelled it, okay? So let me. (laughs) But when you go home and look him up, he sinned in the Bible. And all the people around him, the people of God, were affected because of his one sin. One man's disobedience touched others. Your sin, my sin, my disobedience, your disobedience affects those around us. When we sin, it does not just affect us. It affects people around us. People even that we may love with all of our hearts. This is a huge lesson. I believe we need to learn from Jonah's disobedience. You know these sailors probably would not have even been in this horrible storm if they had not been with Jonah. You realize that? They they may not have even been on the sea. They may have been in dock. They may not have even been out on the water in a storm like this if it hadn't been because of Jonah. Why were they with Jonah? They were with him because he had chosen to disobey God and run from what he was called to do. In verse 7, we see they cast lots. Now, this is, they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on here. This was a very common practice back in that day. And in fact, God used this at points in the Bible. You'll find that they cast lots and the lot fell on, and they have a name there, uh, Matthias in one instance. But look, they did this. They cast lots, and the lot fell on who? Jonah. Then they became very direct with Jonah. Look at verse 8. Then they said to him, Tell us now on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? Or where do you, where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? Who is your daddy? Who is your mama? Where are you from? What is going on? What have you done? What is happening here? These sailors, when they realized Jonah was at fault for the storm, they wanted to know who he was. Who are you that some that a God you worship would have this happen? Who, who are you? Once they realized he was guilty, they wanted to know what, you know, that he was the one who brought the storm. What did you do to bring the storm? What in the world did you do? Their lives are in danger. They're very upset and they're sitting here with this man they don't know and he has caused this to happen. They want want some answers. Remember, your sin, no matter how small you think it is, touches 
lives of those around you. You have the potential to hurt people around you when you sin, when I sin. When we sin, we have great potential to hurt people even we love around us. Sin is a serious business. It can cause great distress and mental pain for those near you. Depending on your sin, physical pain could even be inflicted on those around you. You know, I think about these, some of these politicians that have been caught in, in sin and they, you know, they, they, everybody, I mean, everybody looks at them and says, oh, look, see what they did? That's horrible. That's just terrible. That's just terrible. How many times do you think, what about that politician's spouse? What about that politician's family? Do they go to church? What about their church? What about their friends? Everybody centers on the person and the sin. But that sin affects all those around that person. And even that individual may not think, well, it does. They may think it doesn't affect others around me. It's just me. It's just my decision. It's my sin. It's not affecting anybody else. It does. It does. And it's quite unsettling. Wow. Doubt in their friends. Doubt in the, uh, the, the family's minds. I didn't think they were capable of doing something like that. I never dreamed they would do something like that. Never in my life would I think that they would do that. And doubt creeps in. And there's not the trust that was once there is broken. And things are different. Has your disobedience been discovered and hurt or harmed those around you? Boy, that's tough. Let's look at the last thing here. Jonah is reminded who he is. This is very interesting here. Look at verse 9. Then God said, I'm sorry. Yes, verse 9. Then, and he said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. They wanted answers. Who are you? He stated, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Key words for Jonah to speak. I am a Hebrew. He's identifying himself with the rest of the Hebrew people, the Hebrew children. I am different. I'm not like you. I am a Hebrew. I am different. These key words, Jonah says he fears the one true God. Wow. I fear the one true God. I'm really struggling with the fact that he said this because I really am struggling. Does he mean this? If he means this, why is he in this boat out in the middle and why of the sea and why is the storm happen if he really fears the Lord his God? 
when he spoke these words, these words told the the sailors who he was, but they also were words that reminded him of who he is. Whoa. When you speak it out, when you say it, I just, I just, I, I can't help but wonder if when Jonah said, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, ooh, if something didn't click in his mind and him think, oh, not doing a good job of fearing the Lord right now, but I fear the Lord, ugh. I can't help but wonder if Jonah didn't have an internal struggle right at that moment when those words came out of his mouth. It sounds like he may have told many people this before. Sounds like it's, this is something, you know, I'm a Hebrew, I fear the Lord. But when he said it this time, things were a little different. How did he feel when he said that? I don't know how he felt. But he was not living out who he was. How are we like Jonah? How do we fit into the story here? How are we like Jonah? How many times have we claimed to be a believer and visibly and intentionally not leaned on God or asked His guidance for our lives? I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And then the moment something happens, well, we just can't find time to talk to Him about it. Well, we just can't find time to ask him for help or guidance because, oh, we're excited about this and whatever it is and we're going to try to figure it out or, or we're going to make it work or something like that. And, oh, boy, how many times are we like Jonah? What does this look like to others? When we do what we want to do instead of what God wants to do, how does it look to others when we decide that we're just going to go this way and, and God is leading us this way? What does that look like? Oh, well, I'm a Christian. Oh, really? You shared with me that God wanted you to go this way, but you're going this way. I'm I'm having a problem with this. This doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, well, well, what? How do we explain ourselves? How do we say, well, I'm just not, I've got to pray a little more about it. Have you ever prayed about it? No, but I'm going to (laughs) start. Come on. Look, I'm pointing fingers at me too. This is all of us, the children of God. This man was not obedient and these sailors were experiencing the consequences of Jonah's actions. Today, people watch us who have claimed, us, we, who have claimed, who claim to be guided by God and, and when we fail to lean on Him, they notice, they see that. A message is sent, and we don't want to send this message, but a message is sent to them that our relationship with God is not as important as it really needs to be. When we lean on our own understanding instead of God's, we're saying, we're sending the wrong message out. We're saying to others, well, you know, when you're in a pickle, and you just can't ever seem to figure out how to get out of it, then you call on the Lord. That's the message we're sending. But when God calls on us to do something and we don't do it, well, then what message are we sending? Well, evidently we're, we're sending that, you know, yeah, God's important, but not really 
day-to-day important. We don't want to send that message to people. We don't want people know. We want people to see us following the Lord, see us under his guidance. I'm not saying you're, you're not going to mess up sometimes. I'm not saying there are times that are going to occur where you choose wrongly because there will be those times. We consciously decide, I'm not doing this. God's got me wanting, <laughs> God wants me to do it, but I don't feel like I want to. But people are watching us. They need to see people who follow the Lord. In sharing this information with these sailors, we find that they fear Jonah's God. Oh my. Look at the first part of verse 10. Then the men became extremely frightened. They feel, well, my goodness, if if Jonah's God can make a storm like this, whoa, he's to be respected. He's to be respected. He deserves our reverence and fear and respect. These men, notice, these men give God more respect than Jonah himself gives to God at this moment. (laughs) Here's Jonah the prophet, the man of God. And here's these unbelievers out here. And oh my goodness, whoa, they can see the respect and honor God deserves. And they're looking at God's servant and they're thinking, what is up with you? What are you doing? Look at this God who caused the storm. Look at how powerful he is. And what are you doing? Oh my goodness, what's wrong with you, Jonah? Look at what they ask him. Look at that. How could you do this? How could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them, I'm fleeing from the presence of the Lord. How could you do this? What are you, crazy? I can't believe this. This is almighty. This is a big God. (laughs) They don't fully know who he is, but oh, he's a big God because he did what he did. And oh my goodness, Jonah, why aren't you just simply following him? How could you do this? How could you do this to us? How could you do this to yourself? What in the world were you thinking? You weren't thinking, were you, Jonah? I mean, there's, there's just this utter surprise and disgust here from them. How could you do this? They could not conceive of disobeying a God who is the creator and controller of all things. I can only imagine they were a little bit, a little bit angry, extremely frightened. Their lives were in danger because of Jonah's disobedience here. They're... They want something to happen here, quickly, soon. Look at verse 11. So they said to him, what should we do to you? Notice, what should we do to you that the sea may become calm for us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. It's a very interesting question that they ask here, isn't it? What do we need to do to you, Jonah? What do we need to do to you so that this stops and we're safe again? What do we need to do to you? The sailors realize who they have on board with them. Oh, this is somebody who follows a God who is very, very powerful. Think about it. If Jonah really is one who fears a God who can do what they have seen him do, they had better be very careful what they do with Jonah. What do we need to do to you, Jonah? They're asking. You know, they're not immediately thinking, oh, you know what? You're out of here, Bubba. 
boom. <laughs> they're, they're not, they, they don't think of that. They just, they're asking. We need to do the right thing. What is the right thing? Jonah, what do we need to do to you? So here's Jonah. They know who he is, and so does he. He's reminded he is one who fears the Lord, and yet at this point, he's not actively practicing his belief. These men are getting even more concerned because, as it says in the last verse, part of the verse 11, the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. King James says the sea was wrought and was tempestuous. It was bad. (laughs) It was bad. Tune in next week. Tune in next week to see if Jonah decides as to what they need to do to him. Tune in next week, same time, same pulpit, same reliable word of God. We'll find out what happens. Does God need to get your attention? Or will you do what he's calling you to do? Has your disobedience been discovered and hurt or harmed someone else, those around you? Do you know who you are before God? Do you know who you are before a loving and caring and just God? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you. Lord, we look at Jonah, we see what he, his decisions that he's making. Yes, they're bad decisions, but Father, we have made similar decisions. We're not above Jonah. Father, my prayer is that we do think about our obedience to you. And Lord, that we are careful and that we listen to you. And that we choose to follow you and communicate with you daily. Lord, there are people who need to know who you are. And if you have called us to speak with them, Father, find us obedient. Maybe you're here this morning and you do not know who you are before God. You don't know... how, how you stand before him. If you have never asked Christ to come into your heart. To forgive you of your sins. To allow him to be in charge of your life. Then I can tell you before God you are not a part of his family. The good news is he wants you to be. The good news is his arms are open. Maybe today. Maybe today you are aware of your sin. And you know that you are a sinner. And you want to be forgiven of those sins. You're sorry for those sins. Those, it, it gives you a stomachache. Because you're beating yourself up because of your sin. And you know you're not doing right. Maybe today you need to give your heart to Christ. God wants to forgive you. He wants you in His family. Maybe you're one of his children, like Jonah, like Jonah was. And you've recently just made some very poor decisions, decisions that are disappointing to God and that soon will affect those around you. Maybe you need to come and say, dear God, forgive me. Please forgive me. Name those sins to him. Talk to him. Let him forgive you. 
feel the warmth of His love. Maybe that's something you need to do today. God, I thank you for being a God who loves us and who is willing to forgive if we come and we ask. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for Words of Encouragement. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and it's uh, good to be able to meet with you through this podcast. Uh, If you would like to contact us, you may do so by emailing us at fbcwboro at gmail.com. Again, that's fbcwboro at gmail.com. We'd love to correspond with you. We'd like to help you if we can, and we do know that as you live in this world, you are going to encounter some things uh, that are going to be tough, but I want you to know that God is with you. God is always there for you. Will you talk to Him? Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.